0: realize that you can watch all of the shit that's out there don't let either company trick you into thinking it's a us-versus-them thing just enjoy the wrestling whether it's WWE or AEW or NXT you guys don't have to choose you can watch it all that's rad Forever, God, yeah. I think you broke it. You made me and you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a cell talk radio. Why? Road seems... For what? <laughs> For what? Gonna watch an episode. It's your fault, Matt. Oh, I mean, that no, in the greatest. I mean, I, I mean, in the, I like that the reveal is just simple after he's taking a shit. Yeah. But the only reason why she didn't give me one is because I was taking an Aqua Dump. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Shorzy I should fold this whole fucking team. <laughs> For what? This is. What's an Aqua Dump?
1: <laughs> what is an Aqua
0: Dump? He's giving you a sweeter while you're in a lake but uh actually it's any body of water
1: huh? well she can own a lake <laughs> what the fuck up it was a
0: lake wasn't it <laughs> oh fuck ladies and gentlemen we are uh live you're hearing this live well yeah. we're not live it's live on stream but you're listening to it not live but we're just i'm leaving that all in it's uh we're talking uh shorzy you should say fuck you shorzy but welcome to h Welcome to HIAC Talk Radio, eh? Uh, Craig Legans. Not me. I'm Dan Colchigo. I I could never be Craig Legans. But welcome. Welcome, everyone, to another HIAC Talk Radio. I'm wearing a Jersey Devils shirt, but not the New Jersey Devils. The Jersey Devils uh, minor league team, which was an affiliate of the Philadelphia Flyers in the 70s. So anybody who tries to get smart, learn how to read. Um, So I guess we're talking uh, MJF this week. We're talking double or nothing. Yeah, uh, but we're talking MJF because the big news leading up to it was uh, whether or not we would have whether it. or not MJF was going to be there. And uh, I guess he was going to be there because he was there and he went down like he should so, get this out of the way. Okay. I think it was a work. I think the whole thing was a work from start to finish. I think it was a beautiful work. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me make preface this because I, I anchored some. Uh, I angered some people when he showed up because my, my, my comment was is, you fuckers you just can't congratulations to everyone who can't allow themselves to be worked they have to know everything it, well, you know, work I think it is a work <laughs> but even if it wasn't I don't care because I don't need to be in the know I don't need to know immediately that it is a work or not however what do you think my good man
1: uh, I think it was curious that all of this came out right before the pay per view was scheduled to start, like an hour or two hours beforehand. That no one had seen Heidner hair of, of MJF, or that he was going towards the airport. Um, I thought, it would, and I knew I was thinking it could semi be true because, and the only reason I thought it could be true that he wasn't was going to pull a no show because. It's he's he has made a point of saying that his contract is up in a year. He's the one who was saying in an in, when he was talking with the, at the contract sign with Wardlow that in two, 2024 he could already be going somewhere else. I really said that about you know the Punk. So it was MJF who's bringing all this up. Before he said a word, we had no idea. Just like we don't have any idea about any Roster's contract uh, issue or anyone coming up. So that's why I thought it was a work. Also because I didn't know what where MJF's match with Wardland was going to be. I thought it was going to be one of if not the main event, one of the, the second to the last match on the card. So I said, okay, well, if he's not there, he's got plenty of time to get there. Having no known and we'll talk about the card in a second, that he was the first match. Yeah. That's what um, I mean, thinking that, okay, well, this could be a work because, um, if he was the first one there, then if he was going to be the first match, why would he not be there already? Or why would he, there be a thing that he's not showing up. And the fact that when he got in the ring, he did a little airplane move, like he was on a flight somewhere, but also curious after his match with Wardlow was over and he was, uh Ushered out appropriately stretchered out spoiler alert um he wasn't seen again for the rest of the night by anyone so and we won't know until tomorrow we're- t- we're taping the show on a tuesday um and uh a e w will be live tomorrow um so I haven't heard anything about him showing up at the next or in the town, but uh. There was controversy about whether MJF would show up before Double or Nothing, and there was controversy as where he went after Double or Nothing. Because no one had, apparently no one had seen him before the show, and no one had seen him at no one had seen him after the show. See, that's
0: and maybe it's because I'm being worked, which is again fine with me. Yeah. Um, that's what leads. See, the same reasons you and that's why we're different, Craig. <laughs> it's not just the color of our skin sir no. it's, <laughs> yeah you didn't know that um that's that's the same reasons you think it might be a shoot is why i think it's a work mm-hmm. <laughs> i just it's too neat to steal steel line from lethal weapon i don't like it it's too neat
1: yeah
0: um pretty thin pretty fucking re, thin. pretty pretty fucking thin yeah your wife's cooking i'm not surprised um what? Remarks like that will not get you invited to Christmas dinner. My luck is changing for the better every day. Um, I stole that line from Danny Glover, by the way. I've been dressing myself
1: since I was 30. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, this is a work, again, that further, you know, um, improved the legend of of, of Maxwell Jacob. Because anyone can work the fan like this, especially in this day and age of social media, or everyone Where everybody has to know now. Yeah. So if he can get one over on these folks and he's and it's working, then yes, um I'm all for it. And uh, I, I applaud him for the work that he's done. I for his work in the ring and his work out of the ring. Because no one, absolutely no one in professional wrestling can work a crowd and audience in front of the camera and behind the camera, like this young man. When I called him the next Roddy Piper, Piper had a level of heat that uh few can touch and few have ever touched. And well, obviously MJF doesn't have it on a global scale like Piper has, but uh, MJF can get the most out of fans, can can get that type of reaction from fans anywhere, even in his hometown. Um, so. Uh, but he—he's his version of psychology of working a crowd behind the scenes and using social media to do it. I don't think if if Piper had been on top if there was social media and Piper, I don't think even Piper could work a crowd the way that MJF is doing if there was social media back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Because this man is an artist. But that's why—that's why
0: I'm not convinced. Yeah. That's why I'm not convinced. I don't know. And I mean that in the most positive
1: way possible. And, and if it's and if it's a work, I'm not gonna be upset, like you said. I, that that I, I that's why I'm praising. That's him. the thing. Like all these people who
0: are arguing about who was right and who was wrong, and if it was a work or not, who gives a shit? If it's a work, that's great that he worked you. Why is it bad to be worked in wrestling anymore? Mm-hmm. Fall for a story once in a while. Yes. For Christ's sake. That was my point. I sounded very Canadian there. That was my point with these two schmucks that were giving me I'm like you know, you're it's not it isn't it isn't a work. You don't know you don't embarrass them. I'm, like, I'm not embarrassed, I don't care. Yes. Like I would not care. Yes. It, it bothered me more, and it does bother, and it does bother me that wrestling fans can't just go along for the ride anymore. It's something you yeah. and I have talked about ad nauseum for years now. Something Omega Squad and Dean and I discussed it for years now, and it's a trap that I had to pull myself out of for a long while there. It's just going along for the fucking ride. The podcast alone runs smoother when you don't know if it's a work or not, and you have to find out when it happens. I know, novel idea. It's the same thing all over, and it's been for years, and it gets worse the longer that social media exists. Where everybody has to know, or everybody thinks they have in or in the know or part of this. You're not. You're a fan. It's what goes back to what Xavier Woods said years ago when you all called in the N-word and got mad about it because God forbid an adult male told you to calm the fuck down about things. You're not part of the show. You're part of the fandom. Enjoy the story. If this isn't work, that's amazing. Because all you did all you did all weekend was talking about MJF and Double or Nothing and if or not he was going to show up or not. And I hope he worked. Tony, I hope he worked the entire company. I hope he pulled a fucking uh, Flying Brian and nobody was sure.
1: Yeah. but I really do. Dan, every, everything you just said is exactly how, what Rockstar Rob and I argue about because I feel the same way about uh, movie trailers and spoilers in Marvel movies. I'm a fan. I don't want to know everything. He's got to know every single thing about casting or who was going to be in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I'm a fan. I don't want to know anything. I want to go to the movies and see it on the big screen and be surprised like every other fan. Like any fan would. Like I have my entire life going to movies. Okay, I told you the this one of the single biggest thrills I had in my life. The single, one of the biggest cheers I've ever heard in a crowded movie theater in coming to America. When Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici were the homeless guys, the place went nuts. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. These two guys from Trading Places and the music, the Trading Places music started when Akeem gave them his pocket change. I was in a packed theater and everyone was clapping and cheering because we had, it was such a great surprise. If that movie was made now, you'd say, oh, Don Amici and Rob Bellamy were seen on the, on the set of Coming to America, this new Eddie Murphy movie, coming out. Trading Places reunion? Question mark? It would have it killed it. It would have ruined it. I'm not part of the, I'm not part of the movie. I don't want to know that kind of stuff. Deep spoiler for ever.
0: me, that's pretty awesome, though. Yes. <laughs> Do you not,
1: have you nothing coming to America?
0: No. damn what the? Wait, f- the sequel, right? We're talking about the last one. No,
1: the first. Oh, one. I've seen
0: the. Yeah, I've seen the original. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about the sequel. I thought there was no, another no, 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 surprise. No. no, 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 no. I'm I'm with you. I'm on the same page. 19, God, yes. 1989. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yes, I have.
1: Yes, and those two, guys, if they were in this last one, I missed it unless they dug them up somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yes. But I mean, but that's my point. I, everything you just said, I that's exactly how I feel. If I don't want to be, I I don't want to, it to be, um, I want it to be a surprise. I don't want it to be, I don't want to know everything. I don't have to know everything or who's going to be in what or who's going to be what. Or, or, or if he's, if MJF is really leaving or not, or if he just took his ball and left home. I, if I'm being worked great, because it'll be the first time in I don't know how long that I, we actually give a shit about AEW enough to watch it if I am being worked. Right before
0: uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, uh-huh. um, there was a, I did really well avoiding everything. Good. And, uh, and I'm glad I did because if somebody was spoiled the big thing, I would have ripped their head. I, I would have committed a murder. I know. Um, for illegal reasons on stream, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. Um, but one thing did get spoiled for me, and and the reason why I was so mad about it is because I assumed jace just based on that first trailer, mm-hmm. uh, what was going to happen to Paul Rudd's character in the movie?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that is he becomes the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. the Gatekeeper, yes, yes. He begins. He becomes the new Vince Clor, though.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and uh and it's because it's that one shot of him in the car and the big foot that steps on top and i'm like pretty sure that's a terror dog foot um but somebody on one of these go and this is around the same time that genesis was starting to play shows in europe and everybody was bitching about it so i just left a bunch of groups say so i killed two birds with one stone as far as uh facebook groups uh ghostbusters and genesis um Somebody posted from a picture book or a sticker book, uh, Mr. Gruberson, Paul Rudd's character, as Vince Clore, though, going, are you the gatekeeper? Mm -hmm. And I got so physically angry. I blocked that person and I blocked the page. I was like, God damn it. I didn't want to know. Yeah. I just don't it's different than what it was in the nineties during the Monday night war. Yes, It was like a fever pitch. Like, of course people wanted to know, but it was like in that way, like I need what's going to happen. I can't see it. <laughs> I didn't watch the other show. <laughs> this is just, I need to know. I need to break it before the big names break it. Uh, shout out to Sean Ross Sap who yeah. handled the situation and calling out Mark Madden because he's a bitch. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's Buckner. where I heard the news from. It was from uh, yeah, yeah, from Sean.
0: Yeah, that's that's why I said that I just paid attention to him because I didn't read anybody else. Mm-hmm. I saw his replies, and that's when when he showed up at the show. I was like, hey, well, you know, God forbid you allow yourself to be work. It just bothered that bothered me more than the work yeah. or the shoot, whatever it is. It's a work. I'm, I'm I think up. it is. I yeah, think I it, it is. Work. Yeah. And again, and that's somebody in that argument. They're like, y- y- you don't know. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Let me l- let you in on a clue. If I, I don't, that's okay. Yes, I don't care. I don't care if I don't know. Because I get no clout, no money, and no fucking friends to find <laughs> me out first. Because I'm 38, not a fucking child. Grow up. Anyway, it was seven minutes and 30 seconds, which is longer than I thought it would go. And I'm pretty sure. I assumed this was the way it was going to go anyway. Where it's kind of going to be a squash. Yeah, it should have been because we've been waiting what months for this? Oh well, well, it's not a whole
1: year. Well, two if you want to count, you know, for when the, the seeds were first planted two years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. No,
0: but and they- he just beat the holy hell out of him, put a big power bomb on him, and 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 that was it. We're on. We're done. Well, we're over.
1: You made Wardlow the second or third biggest name on your roster. Now he go- now Wardlow is getting a Goldberg type reaction and Goldberg pop, just from his entrance alone. So you've been by by milking it by playing the long game, and building up their breakup for two years, and not having them touch at all. Perfect. I don't know why they can't do other uh, angles. Yeah, in the old days. Yeah, you let it breathe. You you know, you know, as 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 Bad as it was, but I mean the the Virgil thing has always been copied over and over, and you know the shame Virgil couldn't carry it because he didn't have the um, the charisma or the the mic skills. I, I... Um, Never mind. No, you know, there, it, it turned him into a. It, but it it gave him the biggest push of his career, and it carried him into a mid level, um, what well, much bigger than he would have been, you know, had he stayed, you know, Tintin Bieasi's uh, bodyguard. But that formula has been copied, you know. I mean, all the way up to MJF and and Wardlow, um, because it works, and it you're in it's designed to make somebody a new star. And in this case, it's made Wardlow, outside of Punk and MJF, the the most popular guy on the roster. Who who knew?
0: Who knew? Who knew knew that's what you did? Yeah, even though. Uh... Yeah, As much as we talk about Sometimes, that's well, not sometimes The m- almost mostly botched Women's division in AEW Can I just say mm-hmm. That uh, Jade Cargill Yeah Should be a Sasha Banks level superstar In my opinion She's everything Sasha Banks thinks she is Mm-hmm and i and i think i give sasha banks more credit than some other professional wrestlers would mm-hmm. but i think jade is uh everything she wants to be she's amazing looking she's an amazing talent and uh it should have been given more time than it did mm-hmm. but uh every week i get more hype for jade <laughs> just my opinion uh, i didn't care about the young bucks dressed like the hardy boys um
1: well, they, uh, they they've essentially buried the Hardy Boys. This well, should have been, I mean, Double or Nothing should have been the Hardy Boys' first match together.
0: The 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 the, the
1: the young bucks uh, burying somebody. No, yeah, but the, I mean, they put the, the Hardys over, but that should have been their first match. Yeah, I mean, but you but the fact that you gave it away gave their reunion together for free. And then you had them wrestle a bunch of nobodies on an opening batch with a, in a ten-man hardcore crap for free, and you just had them on TV doing nothing and building up. The, um, but you give Wardlow and an MJF two years, but Jeff Hardy coming back, reuniting with his brother—something that fans should pay for. Now we'll just give it away for free. And even the build-up to the, with the Hardy, even with the build-up with the Young Bucks sucked. Because why couldn't that be from the very, very beginning? You want to milk something? Have Jeff come back and not wrestle and just have him re- reunite with his brother Matt with the Young Bucks in the ring and just say, you know what? Um, you guys have been copying us. Your whole career is based on us, okay? So if you want to see if, who's better, then let's do it. But they had the Hardys doing this other shit with these other people and Jeff dancing to the ring to save his brother. And, you know, you hold Jeff out, especially now. I mean, now every single time. I mean, we could talk about the bump he took from the, um, the oh, God, on the it's like, are they trying to kill himself is Jeff? And we know I think
0: I, I think he has a death wish Yeah, a little bit think he's a little bit of adrenaline junkie Who whatever gave you that idea,
1: but if so this is why this should have been their first match back sure but yeah but you had Jeff going and I doing a with 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 Darby two weeks ago for an Owen Hart tournament match I think Owen Hart would be doing shit like that, pulling out ladders and jumping off of tables and everything Owen Hart would look at a Darby and Jeff Hardy match and just laugh his ass off. Because he? What the hell does that have to do with wrestling? And then he'd
0: probably shit in their bag.
1: Yeah, he shit their bag and that oh, was Davy Boy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that had you. So you're you're pulling Jeff Hardy into this unnecessary, these unnecessary matches. You're killing the guy that you. are He comes mm-hmm. to AEW, another one who left WWE. You know, we glossed over when we had Mac on. We were talking about when St- and Sasha and Naomi left. Um, they just put up their belts and walked out. Jeff Hardy walked out of the WWE in the middle of a match. That's how much he couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. He just, he just said bye in the middle of a tag team match and never but looked. You back know what? I'm leaving. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Tony Storm, another one. She left. The, she paid for her own ticket back to Australia. She went out of the, the the WWE so badly. So you have these wrestlers jumping ship from the biggest wrestling organization in the world, the highest paid, the most uh exposure you're ever going to get, the biggest audience for whatever that's worth, and, and on a wrestling show, and these are these are wrestlers that can't wait to leave. And you have one in your lap, one of the most popular ones of all time, reuniting with his brother. And we'll just we'll, we'll we'll bury it. We'll squash it. We we'll give it away for free, and then we'll have a match thrown up, thrown together against their clones. And one of us will try to kill the other. And and so the Hardys go over the the uh, the Hardy Boys light. The Hardy Boys go over the Hardly Boys. And um, uh, that's good. I like the Hardly Boys. Yeah, and I don't care. I've never been a fan of the Young Bucks. I always thought they're their most overrated tag team. Uh,
0: you know, I used to give them
1: I yeah, used to I give did, them I, the benefit of the doubt and now I'm just like, eh. I did too, until I realized every until I started I did too um Dan until I saw them in AEW and realized that every single solitary match I ever had was the same as every single yeah. match they've ever had. I think that's what the big deal was. Those guys. Because I remember thinking, man, because I would hear it, they're legendary. And when I would see them, or ring them on Ring of Honor, or when I saw them in Japan, it's like, wow, these guys can really go. I wonder if the WWE is ever going to sign them. But now that The answer is no. The answer is.
0: The answer is no.
1: And with good reason. But um- Good reason. Yeah, the uh, but the whole car, uh, The other thing about uh, AEW Double or Nothing, which is what we're talking about, folks. Um, we're going around the, around it because this was one long ass pay per view, and I kept seeing the number of matches. I was like, Oh my god, this is a lot long. This is gonna be a lot longer than three. Thirteen hours. matches. Jesus. Thirteen and matches. What was it like four hours twenty minutes? Thirteen matches, four hours and twenty minutes, and the best tag team in the entire world isn't on the card. The second best wrestler in the entire company is in a 10-man fake football fuckery match with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Why is Daniel Bryan being wasted with bullshit like that? Why is Eddie Kingston, who got over by himself the way he gets over and every company he goes, why is he wasted in a 10-man with these assholes when he should be having his own Program with someone else. And you mentioned Jade Cargill. I noticed that Jade Cargill has her own lane, it seems, because she has never interacted with Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, or any other top female name in the company. I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if they're saving it for something else. It would make too much sense to build up a match between her and Britt Baker. But they haven't even teased that, so I just think it's weird that Jade Cargill has her own women's division and Rick Baker, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. So I don't think they know. I don't right. think
0: they have any idea.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's it, just my opinion. No, it's it's a lot of people's opinion. I mean, you you have one guy doing all the booking, which is Tony Khan, who's never booked a day in his life, and it shows. Because why else would you put the belts on Adam Page unless you promised to you would do it two years ago? Because it was supposed to be Kenny Page and, and Kenny Page, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. And then after they broke up, you tease and tease it, and then Page would get his revenge. Not knowing, how would you know that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk would fall in your lap? Once that happens, you don't stick to the original plan of putting the belt on Adam Page you put the belt on either Brian or, or Punk, one or the other, and then you build towards that. Big, instead of putting it on Adam Page, the, the it's like the least consequential heavyweight champion they've ever had or there, there's ever been. And their match was okay, but it should have been with somebody else, like a Daniel Bryan. Well, Sam Punk's a champ again. He is a champ again, and he should never try a buckshot lariat ever again. No, you're correct. Yes. That's a, that's a young man's move. The uh, vault over the top rope that he tried twice, missed twice. No fault to Punk's own. He, it's not his move. It was late in the match. He was obviously tired. Take a, take a nap, yeah. Bill.
0: Uh, Mr. Punk, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that But mm. so
1: Congratulations.
0: Uh, I, yeah, congratulations. The champ again. Now, I don't want to hear any other bitching. I don't want to hear a podcast three years when they pitch off. You're the <laughs> champ. Get some ratings. Yes. Uh, never going to happen. It's but, just wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Dr. Hart. Okay. Dr. Martha Hart. Uh, with the uh, She finally... Ha- as I was saying, I'm like, well, kind of crappy way to put it. After all of that, she's been through. Yes. Losing her husband. Right. Yes, it was 25 years ago now. It's 23. It's 99. Maybe the years ago. Yes, it was a long time ago. Yes, she got paid. Uh, her and Brett have been on and off for years. Uh, I thought it was a good moment for her that i did like I, I did like that owen hart has his name on something again yeah um the belts are pretty cool have you seen the belts? i did see the belt yeah they're excellent looking mm-hmm. um i just thought that after and we've talked about it on the show before after all the crap and sling thrown at martha from people on the internet who think they have any idea of what she's been through and what she's going through. Uh and her and their idea of how she should have handled her right. husband's legacy versus how she did handle it. Mm-hmm. After all that, I thought it was a nice moment of <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are still sleepless nights. I can't imagine what that's like even 23 years on. Um uh, But it was nice to see her happy and have something to say uh, outside of a legal uh, 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 avenue.
1: It was it was nice to see her at a wrestling event.
0: It was yes, I was gonna say it's nice to see her back at a wrestling event again because God only knows the last time she's been at a wrestling event in that capacity, yeah, if ever. Mm -hmm. Um, nice to see you know not Vince McMahon yelling at a reporter. Mhm- you know yeah. in two more years, we could talk and discuss it again at the twenty fifth anniversary but uh yeah i I was very happy for her in that moment in the grand scheme of things
1: yeah the the only thing that that it didn't ruin it for me, but I obviously it was set up for the um adam Cole baby Britt baker uh husband and wife, you know, sure, thing you know, i. Don't want to see Samoa Joe lose under any circumstances, especially not to Adam Cole. I know Adam Cole needed the win um, because of how much, you know, they have invested in him coming from another, you know, big name coming from the WWE. But I just don't, not over Samoa Joe. no, really. And, and, it, and it just looks bad because now, like, so Adam Cole can't beat uh, Orange Cassidy, but he can beat Samoa Joe. Come on, that's that's the only thing that bugs me about that. you can't. I I don't want either one of those guys to lose, but Adam Cole's already lost to lesser opponents, so losing to Samoa Joe wouldn't be that that big a deal. It's not gonna it's not gonna ruin. No, I
0: mean, it's Samoa Joe.
1: Yes, so that's that's the that's the only thing that I bet, and, and so I know why. And they make a nice picture. And the, and the picture of, of Adam Cole baby and uh, Brit uh, kissing with the belts on and with the trophy in between them. It's a nice photo opportunity, both in the pink and black and all that stuff. Uh, so obviously it was by you know, design. But I just don't know why Samojo can't catch a break this early in, in AW.
0: Who has video of him doing something bad? Like, I don't
1: what? understand. What? But you know, but Dan, you can say that about every big name from from the WWE that comes over and AEW instantly buries him. How much how much um how much God the word I'm looking for? A momentum did Miro have yeah. coming yeah. over. And you put him in a pink Mickey mini mouse shirt and he's playing video games? Jeff Hardy comes out dancing before saving his brother. He brings Samoa Joe back, and he's already in a feud with. You haven't get beat and laid out by Jay Lethal, another guy that they blew. They blew his came with huge momentum. Jay Lethal gets pinned his first night, his first match. Gets pinned, then he gets pinned again.
0: So much so that I forgot. Actually,
1: <laughs> he got pinned by Sammy Guevara's first match.
0: Yeah, no, I remember. I I had forgotten up to that point.
1: Why? But, I mean, they do this with ev- why do they do this with everyone? Why? If Adam Cole... Khan I
0: mean, with- doesn't know what he's doing.
1: It's clear. It's clear. That this, it hurt, but he knows what he's doing with some shit. With the people he likes. Or the ones he listens to. Like CM Punk only wants to wrestle the guys he... He only wants to wrestle the guys he wants to wrestle. And he's doing it. And he did a great job. Um, working his way up. And becoming world champion. FTR, finally, they're getting their mojo back. Now everyone's seeing how they are the best tag team in the world. And what happens? Completely. Now they're invisible again. So, um... What happened with tag team
0: wrestling? Why is that such a difficult thing to... uh, it, It happened in WCW in the late 90s. For a little while there. Before, um... WCW lost its ratings momentum They like forgot tag team The tag team titles for a bit Yeah, It was like no tag team title matches It was like an afterthought And we're going through it again where it's like You got these tag teams that Could run circles around Anybody And you have them holding up
1: CM Punk At the end of the night And AEW to their credit They have a lot of tag teams So they like tag team. teams yeah, we'll Fucking use them yeah, and but the best tag teams are don't even have belts. I mean Jungle Boy and and Dino are like the it was like in WCW when you had the Road Warriors, Rock and Roll Express, and Midnight Express, yet Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez were your tag team champions. It's like really? How are the best tag teams in there? They, and they're not the, your tag team champions are like your fourth or fifth best tag team in your company. Makes no sense. And over in WWE you have the same tag teams wrestling each other over and over and over again. The USOs and RK Bro and, and Rutso versus RK Bro. Or the, the USOs or the RK Bro versus um the Street Profits. again. Or the Street Profits against the Gable Society again. It's like are you may, are you not making new tag teams? Can you not make any new tag teams? We'll just who's the same ones over and over and over again. And throw the new day in there, too. Another tired act.
0: <sighs> let's talk about something that'll make you a little happier. Let's go, let's go to the wrestling historian.
1: You want to go back? Yeah, let's go back. Because staying in the prison is not doing me any favors. No, you're going to have a heart attack. And at my age, Dan, that's the last thing I need.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's a certain death sentence for you. Well, let's face it, for both of us at this point.
1: So you want me to go back?
0: Go back. Huh? Ah. <laughs> there you go.
1: See what I did? You got it. You got it.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you got to put on the old cheaters, folks. Cause to look back, I need to have I a- can't it- read this. There's, no- right. there's nothing on here. There's nothing on here. There's nothing on this
0: computer that that that's making any noise. <laughs> there's
1: there's no words on it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Play me out. Play me out. I like that Steve calls him
0: out on that every time. How <laughs> do you not know what play you out means? You're being in the business for twenty
1: years at that point. Oh my God. Uh we're going to focus on um I'm sorry folks. Um for the intro, my faulty intro. Um can't see clearly now. I can see clearly now that my glasses are on.
0: And the rain the rain is gone and the glasses are on.
1: Yes, so I can have a clear look back. Uh, The past is getting clearer every day. I can't see the future, but the past is getting clearer every day. So we're going to go back to when wrestling did matter, to when stuff was, uh, everything was a work, and because everything was about professional wrestling. There was no internet. There was no uh, computers. There was no dirt sheets. There was no social media to discuss. In order to see our favorite wrestlers, we had to go to the arena. And there were arenas in all 50 states with sellout crowds, and coliseums, and high school gymnasiums, and arenas, and auditoriums to see our favorite sport, professional wrestling. And back then, there were companies that ran the whole wrestling United States. They'd be paired up into three. Big name, three world champions ruled the roost. And it would, wrestling got so big that three world champions and three, world, three different companies could work together. And they weren't trying to put each other out of business. They were trying to give the fans the best matches they could. So it wasn't about the almighty dollar. It was about wrestling as a whole. And I'm going to share with you some special dates that happened this week in professional wrestling history. This is the Wrestling Historian. Uh, One of them happened May 21st, 1952. Now, um, I brought this up because one of the latest additions to the quote unquote WWE Hall of Fame, um, where they put in wrestlers that they have an agenda. For they have uh, a recent retired one, a, a long retired one, someone dead, someone black, a woman, and a tag team. I think like a they, black guy and a woman, and they that woman. ought to do it. Yeah, um, that that ought appease the the our our diverse crowd. Uh, but then they shuffle a whole they shovel a whole bunch of other names in. They put in their legacy win wing. Um, so yes. instead of putting them in the actual Hall of Fame where they deserve and have and, uh, their own ceremony, like a Ray Stevens or a, a Lou Fez, they'll put them in the legacy wing. One of the people that they shoved in the legacy wing that really burned me burned me up uh, was because they put this man next to Brickhouse Brown in the legacy wing. And I'm not knocking Brickhouse Brown, but Brickhouse Brown was never a main event talent at any point in his career. He wrestled in all the uh, the various territories. Memphis, Mid-South, Continental, world-class, but he was never a main event guy or main event draw in any of those. Yet Brickhouse Brown was put in the legacy wing of the WWE Hall of Fame next to Baron Leone. Baron Leone, who I'm about to educate you on, in the late 40s or early 50s, was one of, if not the biggest heel in professional wrestling. Now, wrestling was... Um, to get the news from other wrestling organizations, it would go through newspapers or through word of mouth. Now, Barry Leone was in on the West Coast mainly, and he wrestled on television um, back when wrestling was on national TV in the 50s. Steve Allen was a ring announcer, and he would announce matches for Barry Leone. And he still marveled even after he retired from... The Tonight Show and stand-up and show business, how much the crowd would hate Baron Leone. He would walk in. He, he was dressed like a real Baron, had a big red cape on, handlebar mustache, and he'd just walk with a smug look on his face. And he would, just, he would go over to the referee, and he would just ask him, and he wouldn't say a word. He would just do a pantomime. He wanted to know if it would be okay if he could just throw his opponent out of the ring and, and land on his head. And of course referee would say no. And then he's and he would be all, all in pantomime. He would just and referee would be like and he would just But Baron Leone was so popular. He got a match with Lou Fez um who was the NWA world champion. And on May twenty first uh, nineteen fifty two they wrestled in a convert in a baseball stadium, they converted into a wrestling ring it drew twenty six thousand one hundred and ninety two people Ooh. and that was the first, the very first one hundred thousand dollar gate in Ooh. professional wrestling. So Baron Michelle Leone was part of wrestling history because only he combined with lufez could Draw the first $100,000 in professional wrestling. Uh, And that is why Baron Leone should have his own ceremony to be honored in any, in a legitimate wrestling hall of fame and not stuck in a legacy wing next to Brickhouse Brown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, sorry, Mr. (laughs) Leone. Yes, but the. Fans who remember you, and the fans who, who know you, and sadly, like a lot of great wrestlers in the fifties, um, his matches um, they're not pretty much not available on YouTube. Um, there's many scores of black and white photos for him, and maybe some clips from the Golden Age of TV when he was on the, the Milton burrell show and when wrestling was seen on the on national TV because he, along with Gorgeous George, were the biggest draws in professional wrestling at the time um, before a young kid named Buddy Rogers took the world by storm. But Baron Michelle Leone was a real deal on May 21st, 1952, um, 26,192 people in the baseball stadium and they drew the first $100,000 gate in wrestling history. Uh, More history was on that same date, May 21st, 1985. Uh, To give you an idea, how much love professional wrestling had for Don Owen, who ran the Portland wrestling organization? I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry. Hold on, uh, you're gonna have to start that one over. I'm not stopping the show. Uh-huh. You know how Leone died? No, he's hit by a fucking car. Wow. You even would die of old age. He was 79. And he got hit by a car. Because wow. I was reading, I'm like. I don't know much about him. And I was looking up, I'm like, well, I know who that is. I've seen him a hundred times, seen pictures a hundred times. And the death, while well, across the street near his home on November 14, nineteen eighty eight, Leon was struck by an automobile. He died at the medical center at UCLA. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it down, but I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I was like, Well, you know, he wrestled for a long time. He probably Oh no. <laughs> no, he hit by a car. Sorry, anyway, start that over, my friend. I, I'm sorry. It's
1: okay. Um, May 21st, uh, 1985. It, to give you an idea how much uh, professional wrestling promoters and uh, organizations love Don Owen. Uh, Don Owen uh, was the, uh, ran the Portland Wrestling Association, part of the NWA, where a lot of uh, future Hall of Famers and Superstars got their start. Jesse Ventura, Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper, uh, Dynamite Kid, um, Billy Jack, all got their start in Portland. All became big stars first in Portland before and because it was Don Owens' recommendation that these guys... Head east, and back then, if you started in Portland, it wasn't go west, young man. It was go east, young man. It was Don Owen that recommended um, guys like Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka to uh, Jim Crockett, to Sam Muchnick, um, to uh, Vern Gagne for um, for Jesse Ventura, uh, to Stu Hart for uh, Dynamite Kid. Uh, these guys could. I like this. Like he would say, like he wouldn't put. He didn't recommend Dynamite Kid to Jimmy Crockett. He recommended Dynamite Kid to Stu Hart because Stu Hart dealt with the smaller lightweight wrestler that could move, that could you know, work that before was even known as a cruiserweight style. And he saw a kid like Piper who could draw a lot of money even though he was a baby face in Portland. He knew he could talk, so he talked to Jimmy Crockett about him. And the rest is history, but he had such a great relationship with all of the wrestling promoters that in May on May 21st, 1985, to celebrate Don Owen's 60th anniversary promoting wrestling, since Don Owen had, had been in his family since 1920, since 1925, they had a 60th anniversary card in Portland, Oregon for Don Owen. And on this card, you had the biggest names in professional wrestling on one card. You had the AWA, you had Larry and Kurt Henning, who started in another team that started in Portland. Kurt Henning got his start in Portland under Don Owen. So you had Larry and Kurt Henning, former Northwest tag team champions, going up against the biggest tag team in the world at the time, the Road Warriors. You had their, the, the reigning Pacific Northwest champion, Mike Miller, going up against the AWA heavyweight champion, Rick Martel. And Billy Jack, another homegrown Don Owen creation in Pacific Northwest, had already made it big in the NWA. He came back to wrestle to a 45-minute draw of the NWA champion, Rick Flair. So you had the AWA champion, the NWA champion, the Road Warriors, and even though this was two months after the very first WrestleMania, coming back to wrestle his arch rival and a few that started in under Don Owen in, in Portland Championship Wrestling, Roddy Piper versus Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh, Wow. Buddy Rose wrestling in the AWA, Roddy Piper again. This is three months after the first WrestleMania, and this is the biggest heel in professional wrestling for another company. But Roddy Piper wrestles Buddy Rose. So you had the the top heel in the WWF, the NWA champion, the AWA champion, and the Road Warriors all in the same card. Something that you will never see now. And that was the last time you would ever see an NWA champion, AWA champion, and a top WWF star on the same card. This is 1985. Hulkamania was already running wild. The expansion had already started. Territories were slowly going to be on their way out the next few years. But because of the love that professional wrestling promoters, even Vince, had for Don Owen, and also, Vince uh, Roddy Piper when he signed with Vince, already said, "I'm I'm if there's an open date, Don Owen, if I can wrestle on Don Owen, I'm doing it." Yeah. And Vince said, "Okay." So that happened May twenty first, nineteen eighty five, in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And. Thinking about, <laughs> Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Thinking oh, about folks, it. Oh, folks, we're very picky tonight. Yes, because we want to give you only the best, folks. Um, and the best in what happened in the past of professional wrestling because the present is so much of a stinker. Um, a happy belated. I didn't get his. Um, I'm sorry. Happy belated 68th birthday. To Aurelian Jake Smith Jr. Um, on May thirtieth, uh, someone that I have to confess I had in my death pool. Along with, you and everybody else, along with Scott Hall. But uh, yeah, I that Scott Hall would not help Jake. Never, I would have taken that bet. Wow, And we would have lost. Yes, uh, but um. Happy 68th birthday to uh, one of the uh, greatest heels in professional wrestling. You're trying trying out to be one of the most popular wrestlers uh, in making his big splash in the WWE. And someone I thought would never have the, made the splash that he did in the WWF. F. Uh, when I saw him in Mid-South, even when I, going all the way back to when I saw him in Georgia, when he had his first DDTs. Um, with Jake Roberts fans, was one of the original members of the Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom was not just the Road Warriors. The Legion of Doom was the Road Warriors, the Spoiler, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts was called the Snake way before he got to the WWF because he was wily and slippery like a snake. He wrestled in sweatpants and cowboy boots. And that was it. It was kind of, and the drawstring sweatpants And he tie up, and they were light green, and the boots were brown, and that's it, and that's all he needed. The great psycho, psych the psychology of his interviews. Uh, people like Jim Cornette and um, Tom Pritchard have showed young wrestlers when they want to do promos. They studied Jake the Snake Roberts tapes. Raven, Sky Levy has said very unabashedly that he studied old Jake Roberts interviews for his persona uh, of Raven. If there was no Jake Roberts, it would be no Raven. Um, that's how good his interviews were. I'm not talking about the WWF interviews, talking about the NWA interviews, the Paul Ellering interviews, the Georgia Championship Wrestling interviews. He and Ronnie Garvin would fight over them the National TV Championship. When he got to Mid-South, being booked by uh, Bill Dundee and Ernie Ladd, he really found his character. And uh, his DDT was the best finish maneuver anyone had ever seen. But when the talent raid came, when Vince was taking all the big Mid-South stars, because they were undeniably huge in uh, in 1985-86, Junkyard Dog had already gotten, but Hacksaw Duggan, Ted DiBiase, Butch Reed, Hercules, all were selling out in Mid-South. Vince saw the crowds that they were taking and just taking them one by one. But when he got Jake, he told him, I want you to wear tights and boots. And Jake said, I've always been sweatpants and, and cowboy boots. That was it. He had never done that before in his life. And I want you to start carrying a snake. Another thing he had never done in his life, in his whole wrestling career, he got himself over. But no, we we have to be cartoons here, Jake. We have to sell a lot of merchandise here, Jake. So we're going to need you to bring a pet with you. Not just to the ring, but everywhere you go. On planes, on buses, you're responsible for the snake. He made it work uh, with the help of a lot of alcohol and a lot of pills, and he turned himself, once he turned face, into one of the biggest stars in the WWF. And when you're the biggest star in the WWF in the late 80s, early 90s, you were nationally known, and he was getting pops, very large pops. Now, whether or not he ever had a, a Feud with Hogan, or are supposed to have a feud with Hogan, you got two of the biggest storytellers in the history of the biz saying two different things. If you're up to Jake, yeah, he was supposed to have one, but the honky tonk man ruined that. I don't believe that. I know the honky tonk man ruined, shortened his career with that guitar shot, and he's never really gotten over that. No. But um, as far as Jake having a uh, a program with Hulk Hogan, um. Or run with the belt. I couldn't see that happening. Only because why would you put any belt on Jake Roberts in the WWF? Why that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: one of my favorite stories, though, uh, from Jake is that, that that WWE animated show where they would animate stories yeah. they were telling. Mm-hmm. And at the airport, somebody obviously lets the snakes out. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the one of the people working at the airport is like, excuse me, sir, can you come get your snake? And he's like, well, you know, to get that snake out, you had to open the box, then open a bag, then open another bag. You had to untie those bags and let him out. So uh, who did it? Because now you have one pissed off snake. Well, can, can you take care of it? <laughs> his reactions? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and all he did was watch this poor package guy try to wrangle this fucking thing. It's one of my favorite stories ever, and I'm I'm with Jake on that one. Like, no, I, you did it. Deal with that. Yeah, have fun, Jake's thing. Uh, yeah, I just still get... talk circles around everybody in the business.
1: Oh yes, even what whatever he's doing. And we were talking about in our previous um, segment about what AEW is doing to. Uh, former big name talent, you have Jake Roberts in your midst. And not only do you bury him, you give him a guy that's ineffectual to to uh to deal with. But he you put Jake Roberts along with you got Arn Anderson, you got Tully Blanchard, you got three of the best talkers in the biz. At least with Taz, you another great talker. You'll put him with people that can that can back it up in the ring. They're not doing that with Jake or Arn or Tully. And it sucks.
0: Um, Those but- three should be running classes all day at every arena just telling everybody how to talk and how to say. Yeah. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Same salary, just to school, just to teach. And you have three of the greatest heels in the history of the game. So if you're running short on heels or heel psychology, listen to these guys, yeah. and just. Uh, but I'm um, no, I'm uh, I'm farting. I don't, hear you. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
0: you're preaching to the choir. You're farting to the wind. You're preaching to the wind. You're farting to the choir. I'm I'm giving my balls a tug. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that? Huh. What? Yeah. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. Huh? huh? And you can follow huh? me. <laughs> you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, This isn't H I C Talk Radio presented by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why don't you put on your Technicolor dream coat and tell me how H I C is supposed to go? I got 525,600 minutes to say why I won't do that.
0: Follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83. All social media platforms. DanLaw83. All social media platforms. H-I-A-C Talk Radio. If you're listening, watch us on Twitch.
1: Every Tuesday, except for the last Tuesday of the month. DanLaw.TV. I forgot. I completely
0: (laughs) blanked on what I was doing. wow you saw yeah the wheels were turning but (laughs) there's nobody was behind the wheel um and if you're watching go to your favorite uh podcast look go to the podcast app you use on your damn phone damn it type in hiac talk radio network look for the green and purple logo and subscribe follow listen tell everyone tell your friends tell your enemies tell your lovers tell your mistresses tell your boy toy Your baby mamas, your baby daddas. Tell your squeezers. Tell your squeezers. (laughs) Give your balls a tuck. Tell them. Listen to HIZ to radio. Huh? For Craig Lagons. I am the above average. No, I'm not. I'm just the other guy. (laughs) I forgot that gimmick's dead. Hey. (laughs) Good night, everyone.